Two sisters lived on separate sides of the states. One in NYC and the other LA. They both moved to Chicago and decided to stay. Now here's their playful podcast packed with Kid Lit Parlay. Children's books. Are they really that great? Talking children's books is with Kate and Fuse Eight. Children's books. Why, what, and how? Fuse Eight and Kate will break it down for you now. Hey, Betsy. You know, we usually come out with these on Mondays, oh, right? Oh, normally, yes. We are very good. Like clockwork, well, some might say. W- well, there's a reason this is a little late. Why is that, Kate? Why is that? Because the day that we normally record, I had a severe bout of hiccups. Explain more. Um, It was hours and hours, of hours hiccups. and hours of hiccups. And so- it was... It was bad. The problem is when you say that, everyone immediately goes to their own personal hiccup cure that they think is going to work for every other person, even though biologically we're all very different. As they say, go on. Tis the season for hiccups, right? (laughs) What? Okay, I'm I'm stretching. But uh, (laughs) tis the season by gum. Sure. And we have a final Christmas. This is the one and only book Christmas do. book? Yes. Oh. This is our final one. However, uh, I, I should say, before we get to all of that, uh, who are you? Me, Kate. Me, Betsy. And what is the name of this podcast? Uh, Fusey and Kate. You're two for two. All right. <laughs> Let's go for three for three. What is this podcast about? Hiccups. No! Ah, <laughs> you always fall down on the three for three. No, it's not about hiccups. So sometimes maybe. It, but I don't think we've ever, you know what? There is a hiccup-related picture book. The Hiccupotamus, uh, but we've never done it because it's not 20 years old, Kate. We uh, have to do books oh. that are 20 years old or older and determine if they are classics or not. Right. Right. Today's book is most certainly, most definitely past the 20-year mark. Oh. Okay. And I think I got it because of suggestions from our listeners. So thank Great. you, listeners. Which listener, Betsy? Shut up. Uh, <laughs> one of them did suggest this, and it was kind of related. So I don't know if you know this, but in 2024, which at the point that we are recording this will be next year, uh, there will be a book out about the life of Barbara Cooney, who we have done books of. You may not recall. Nope. That's perfectly fine. She liked Lupins. There you go. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that lady. Uh, she did illustrate other books besides... Miss Rumphius, which was the book with the Lupins. And uh, we're going to do that one of those books tonight. Are you ready for that book? Okay. I'm going to pull it out. Are you ready? Okay. Here we go. I'm scared. The Year of the Perfect Christmas Tree. By Gloria Houston. Houston. That's how we all say Houston. Sure. Why not? Illustrated by Barbara Cooney. There you go. So it's a Barbara Cooney Christmas book, which we have never done. Which prior to, I'd say a week ago, I had never read. It looks like it's about an axe murderer. There is an axe, but whether she's a murderer Whoa, or not, man. We, we are Whoa, not about. man. <laughs> okay. So trust Ed. Oh my God, you are literally <laughs> quoting, so I married an axe murderer. Yeah. Which, anyone who got that while listening to this podcast, <laughs> 20 points for Gryffindor. All right, read this book. All right. All right. While Kate does her read, let's do a background bit of information on Gloria Houston. Oh, you thought I was going to do Barbara Cooney again. 
I was not. Because I've never heard of Gloria Houston. I'll be perfectly frank, I have not. I want to know more about her. And what I found was that she is a lot like me in one respect. What is that one respect, Nessie? Well, let's put it this way. An author's website is too often a time capsule. It's like we all had the energy for our websites about 10 to 15 years ago, and then over the course of time, we lost the will to update them. And I'm afraid to say that Gloria Houston is too much like me in that respect. Here is what she had to say about this book. I do believe there would be more information if she had updated a little more recently, um, but here is what it says right now, if you go to her site right now. So, as an author of critically acclaimed novels and picture books for young readers, her books have won and been listed on more than 40 awards and award lists. With one international award, The Year of the Perfect Christmas Tree, which, as we know, came out with Dial in 1988 and Puffin in 1996, <laughs> it was a Publishers Weekly bestseller list title and was selected as, quote, most likely to become a classic 25 years in hardcover. It was named as a Best Book of the Decade by the American Library Association, as well as other honors. It was published in Japanese, it was published in Korean, in Swedish, and in English by Fitzhenry, and distib distributed in English by Penguin International, and Fitzhenry and Whitesides throughout the UK. So, as of right now, the book enjoys a worldwide audience. It has been adapted into a musical, an opera, a ballet. Productions are presented throughout the United States annually. Two adaptations were made as screenplays, one of which won the Spolito Film Script Prize, with one currently in circulation. So there you go. The book has made the rounds. Let's see if that prediction that it would become a classic holds up. You're back! Oh, oh, oh. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> What is this? Uh, Christmas. Christmas! 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 That's what I hear. Yes. That's how they call it. I read a book. You sure did. It was long. It had a lot of words. So. Scant pages. So wordy. Many words. Yes. Oh, it's just, amazing how many words you can force onto 32 pages. Yeah. Or maybe 40. And this they might be 40 sure did, Betsy. And by the second sentence, I was going, <laughs> huh? Because. Oh. That's a good sign. Great. Okay. Yeah, I'm already confused by the second sentence. Okay, go for it, yeah. Let me read the first sentence. Okay, read that. It was getting toward Christmas in the Valley of Pine Grove. Ba -ba 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 -ba. Very nice. Nice. Beautiful. Very, yeah. I'm already the there. Okay. I said to say, yeah, that's fine. Now, the second sentence. Okay, go to it. The wise folks said the old woman in the sky was picking her geese, for the Appalachian Mountains lay blanketed with snow. I'm sorry. Was, was she, were the feathers of the geese equating to snow or... Did you say picking or plucking? The old woman in the sky was picking her geese. No, plucking would make sense for the clouds. No, she's picking her geese. Does that mean like she's picking out the feathers which are making them poop and the poop is snow? No, 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 no. We are not a European picture book. We are not talking about poop. None of that. It doesn't make sense. Uh, I would agree. It doesn't make sense. Plucking. 
would be the word I would use for that. That's unnerving and strange. Okay. Okay. And then in the... Set the scene then. And then in the same paragraph... Oh, good. It goes on. Wonderful. It says, occasionally an Autimobile, A-U-T-Y-Mobile... Okay. uh, Chugged its way through the silence... And across the ocean, the Great War raged. So I'm like, all right. All right, well, all right, all right. I guess we have an idea of what time period this yeah. is set. It's between 1914 and 1918. I mean, yes. So we've got, we've established the war. Yes. Automobiles exist. Uh, automobiles. Automobiles. Wonderful. Okay. Sure. Sure. Okay. I, the, so, yeah. And the illustrations are giving um, Oxcart Man vibes. Yeah, they totally are. Kind of that flattened, almost... Uh, very nature-esque. Yeah. <laughs> boring. Yes. Boring is the word we're well, going Well, okay, here. fine. It's boring. <laughs> boring would be the word for it. But yeah, a natural style, let's say. We are going back in time to the spring. Oh, 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 what? Yeah. Okay, we were in the winter just a second ago. Nope, we're going back in time oh, now. Okay, and, all right. And we're meeting this uh, this little girl and her dad, and her dad is saying... Uh, we get to pick out the Christmas tree for Pine Grove Church. It's our turn. And he's chosen a balsam Christmas tree, which... I have no idea what that means. Not like a Douglas fir? I mean, I think Uh, he's trying to be a rebel, so let's go with it. Ooh, balsam. Ooh. What are you trying to say, man? Well, they only grow in the rocky crags. Okay. Where only a venturesome man may go. Oh, really? Just yeah. adventures some man may go. Well, yes. that's interesting. All right. I'm sure that won't come up later. No, not at all. But he takes his daughter, so it's a only Adventures a man and, and his, kid. And daughter. <laughs> and kid. Who has no shoes. Of course not. So, right. So the father and shoeless daughter go up into the mountains uh, to find said tree. Sure. Gosh, this is wordy. I'm just going to try and plow Just summarize it. Just summarize this. it. It's okay. all good. Yeah. They find a tree. She puts a ribbon on the top of right. it. And right. then they leave it there all year. Sure. Right? Because what would possibly take a ribbon? Good. Right. Yeah. So now it's been told that Papa was called away to be a soldier. So he goes off to fight the war. As you get for being healthy and young. And well, it's the summertime now. Yeah. So we still yeah. don't know if it's the beginning of the war or the end of the war. We don't even know what year it is. We don't even know how long we've been in the war. Right. It's just it. the summer came. He's called away. Uh, meanwhile, poor mother is trying to take care of her daughter, but she has like and a farm and the farm. Yeah, she they has, only have one kid. She has yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, okay. but hmm. they have no. She has no money uh, to buy you know oh, naturally cloth yeah. for new dresses or for coffee or sugar. They only really eat the vegetables that they grow. This is how <sighs> this is how poor they are. Yeah, but they're they're hoping that he will come back for Christmas. Okay. Well, Which seems a pretty distant time away, but okay. Well, by the fall, they get a, a, a package in mm-hmm. the mail. Mm-hmm. And it says... Is that money? It's from, no, not money. No. It includes soft silk stockings for Mama and oh, satin hair ribbons great. for Ruthie. I'm sure we can eat those. Could we have a paycheck from the U.S. Army, please? Well, Thank you. the letter in the package says the war is finally over. Which what? I looked it up. Uh, it was signed November 11th. So he oh, right, joined that's... the war in the summer. He was only there oh, for a few months. Lucky dude. Lucky dude. He got in at the real tail that end That was nice. Of the war. He must have been on the upper end of the lottery. Okay, fantastic. Apparently, the family that picks the Christmas tree 
there that child of the family gets yeah. to be the angel in the oh. nativity play you know angels can be boys or girls so that makes sense yeah. okay uh and so it, the daughter here uh ruthie she mm-hmm. gets to be the angel but what's interesting is that if the school is making her be in this play because her family is donating the tree right they should provide the costume the school should yeah presum- don't have money. presumably if this play is done every year don't you think there would be an angel costume that is passed down? I mean, I would think so, but eh, this is wartime one-room schoolhouse, so I'm not so sure. I don't know. Well, it, all the more to have one costume. Oh, I agree. It is not a nice thing to make the people provide the costume in, as a in, economic disadvantage. Yeah, instead, yeah. they they tell uh, the child who now has to tell her mother that I have to have a dress with great big sleeves Surprise! that makes it look like wings. And the mother- Have fun with that, mom. Oh, she says, I have no cloth to make a dress. So and, what you gonna do, kid? And I have no money until your papa comes home. Right, which so, he may or may not do before Christmas. Well, so. he said he was gonna be home by Christmas. Yeah, he said that. <laughs> I'm sorry, like, it's not like he's in charge. Well, he, he said it and that's the word, Betsy. Uh-huh. Okay. So. Uh, the preacher uh, comes fr- from the church. Oh, is he bringing money? No. Top. He, he he is the evil preacher in this Ooh. book. Oh, he is awful. Really? He How is, so? He is horrible. What does he do? So did he make a pass? He no. It's <laughs> a picture no. book. No, he wouldn't. Yeah. No, he tells the mother. You know, he knocks on the door and he's like, look, tomorrow's Christmas Eve and Tom's not home from the war yet. But this other guy, Chad, he's been saving this prime cedar uh, to be cut down. And the mother is like, this is our year to do the tree. Tom chose the tree before he went away. And the preacher's like, I had hoped you would have heed my wish. The church must have a Christmas tree when the morrow comes. And she fights back. Tom is as good as his word. Our family will be giving back the Christmas tree. And they're just going back and forth. And I'm surprised at this point he just didn't say something demeaning like silly woman. Yeah, no, see, I mean, he's essentially saying that. He's essentially saying, Tom ain't here. You're here. You're not Tom. Let's take this quickie, you know, tree over here. I do like that she has a very angry expression on her face. Yeah. Because this guy is being so mean. Yeah, he is. (laughs) But in the little, in the middle of the night, you know they've known each other their entire lives too. That's, it's a small town. Yeah, everyone knows each other. They have a history. Who well, knows he what it calls is? her Ms. Green. Uh huh. That might be an insult. Yeah, because it's not Mrs. Green. Mm-mm. He yeah. knows that they're married. Yeah. But anyway, it says late that night. It's a, it's the middle of the night. Right. Uh, the mom wakes up her daughter uh-huh. they go out in the middle of the woods in the middle of the night to go no street lights by the way yeah, so pitch black yeah. yeah and to try and find this tree that the daughter saw from the spring and they're trying to find it at night at night yes Sucks. with with their horse and a sleigh attached Jeez. and uh and that's safe <laughs> and they climb the highest cliff what to find the balsam tree in the dark in the dark with a lamp yes so, so they cut it down. Oh, they find it. 
Yes, they find it Damn because right. she had put her ribbon uh, up at the very top. So apparently, they... you can see in the dark. Okay. Yes. So they cut it down. <laughs> okay. Glow in the dark ribbon. Yep. Good thinking, Tom. Good thinking. I'm just, I'm proud of these two women for like. Oh, no. This mom clearly is she like. She had a saw. There's an axe. They cut she down She is determined. She's like, I'm doing this. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm not just, sleeping just tonight. Despite that preacher man. Oh, yeah. He pissed her off. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah and this is a book of spite yes and christmas spite would be a great name for a book by the way. i would read it i would read that so fast so they get the tree on the sled they go all the way back down they stick the uh the tree in the church they're gonna say landing stick the landing yeah. <laughs> they get back home they you know the mother puts her daughter to bed as the sun is coming up yeah i've been there and then it says and this is interesting uh as mama sits long by the fireplace sewing as fast as she can first she cut ribbons and lace from a wedding dress presumably her own and then fashioned a smaller dress with flowing sleeves and i'm just thinking you know what i hope you're happy mr preacher the poor little girl is now sleep deprived and a wedding dress had been destroyed for a one-time performance however it says a wedding dress not her I, wedding I, you know dress. What I like to believe she I like stole to believe that the she, wedding dress, Betsy. No, no. I like to believe that she inherited her mother-in-law's wedding dress, and she's like, well, "I'm not gonna wear it. She's <laughs> not gonna wear it. This thing's freaking outdated. I'm gonna put it to good use." So I feel like it's Tom's mom's dress. That's what I'm hoping for. I think she stole it. I think she's been waiting for years to cut this darn thing up, <laughs> <laughs> and she has finally gotten her moment. So, she, but I like the end of her stealing it. Too. She, she makes it's a Christmas miracle. Yeah, she makes the costume. She makes a little doll essentially can i just say this is an entire book about a mom being pissed off and doing all the work yes that her husband and her child are incapable of doing yes for various reasons yes now the preacher man comes back to the house oh thanks dude and he's like did you hear the news about the christmas tree it's a miracle it suddenly appeared out of nowhere we don't know how i got it and and mama says oh do tell do tell what a wonder dude t- can, i don't know and and he says you know that's not all you know there were there was there's stories that you know angels were heard singing because they were singing christmas songs yeah, as they yeah, were coming yeah. down he's like and there were angels singing and then it says, Ruthie hid her face in Mama's patchwork quilt so the preacher would not hear her laugh. And I'm like, and that's the day Ruthie became an atheist. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> My God. Like, clearly Mom knew what a doofus this guy was and was like, dude, I just got to do this. If I can just, like, get this thing into the church, he's going to believe it's some freaking miracle and he's going to come back telling us, like, it's all a miracle. I just got to get it in the church. So now it's the uh, night of the nativity play yeah. mm-hmm. uh and they're all singing and whatever there's a sheep just chilling oh yeah with all these kids you chill sheep but this is the first time i've seen a church combined with santa because oh saint well, nicholas walks down I mean, he's a freaking saint he's allowed in church he's a saint yeah he's yeah. he's walking behind the, the three wise men okay pretty and, awesome actually and he gives out either a lump of coal or a willow or a willow switch what depending on if you're good or bad wait which one's the good one you can burn coal um i think the coal is bad actually the coal must be good because you hit kids with the switch right <laughs> Oh my gosh. No, you do. That's the whole reason we have switches. Oh. I think the coal is a good thing in this case. You can at least heat your oh. home. Well, it says Ruthie had been good that year, so she got a treat poke instead. 
is that a third option? How I, big is this bag? I don't know what a treat. What, what's a treat poke? Like she got poked with the willow. Switch? Fellow listeners, if you know what a treat poke is, uh, please write I us don't at cheesecakenatedgmail.com. The, there's so many words and many of them don't make sense. No, this makes no sense. <laughs> anyway. That is not what a willow switch would be. Okay. Okay, continue. so at the end, so Ruthie gets the little angel that was at the top of the tree. Right, that, that's a good gift. That her mother yeah. had given her that, make, that, looks, that looks just like, like her. her. With cool. the dress and the wings and everything. Yeah. And then as they're leaving the church, there's dad. He's back from the war. He's hugging his Great wife. Timing, He's dad. hugging his daughter. It's like. It's real cute. By the way, does St. Nicholas look like a beaver in that picture? I'm just saying. He's <laughs> got a big beaver tail. Kind of. Yeah. Yeah, okay. I'll put it on Instagram. And then, <laughs> and then it, you know, they all the church members start singing Silent Night, and it ends with saying that the angel was put back on the top of the tree every year. That's how it happened grandma ruthie told me so which is the little girl yes right so so i bet the mean preacher man told her to give up her angel doll every year just so it could be at the top of that church tree no she did and she did until she was in her 80s yep in the 80s (laughs) because that's when this book took place oh i I was written anyway gotcha it would make sense yeah all right yeah there you go all right ratings time well certainly if you have a service member in your family this might be a nice coming home book to read i don't know it kind of comes home like at the end of the end of the end yeah it's a tearjerker right but he's like you know know, yeah when a serviceman comes back and greets their dog on a youtube video i get it yeah so (laughs) it's very wordy it's a lot of words so it's a bit long and the illustrations don't do anything for me really it's just the story of a mean preacher guilting a poor woman to do (laughs) horrible things like steal a wedding dress and deprive her child of sleep (laughs) the crossover with santa and the church is interesting but maybe it's because i'm not a christian but this book doesn't really do it for me you've shown me better christmas books i i gave this a 3.75 for its length its illustrations and its evil preacher man okay uh, you know, I, I see it slightly differently. I feel this is more a book of a uh, strong woman having to freaking do everything, yet she doesn't take credit for it, and that kind of bugs me. So this is all about a strong woman who, uh, because of the society at the time, is unable to receive the credit she is most solely due, I would say. Um, so I'm giving it a 4.5 for that reason. You know, it's Barbara Cooney's art, but Barbara Cooney? Yeah, she did better books. This book is perfectly fine. So with our favorite. scores combined, it's below a five. So it is not a classic. classic. Not a classic. Yeah. Woohoo! <laughs> so you're just happy because we've done too many classics in a row. Yes. Yeah. I like crappy yeah. books. Well, consider it my Christmas present to you, Thank Kate. you, Betsy. You're welcome. Letters time. Ooh. First off, I want to apologize to Sarah Brandon. You sent a lovely letter to us. We are not going to be reading it this week because we got too many letters. So we will be reading in the future, but we are not doing it this time. Our first letter comes from Rochelle. Hello. All right. Rochelle writes, I totally forgot when Mindy Saved Hanukkah was by Kimmel. I used to read it to classes all the time. It is a fun book. But as a read aloud to a group, I found it lacking. I would read this exciting story and then say something like, I know you can't see what's going on, but Mindy is here in the corner of the page and the cat is nearby. Kids would feel the need to get up to see the pictures. I think it is a much better book to read with one kid. 
If it was an ebook, I'd buy and read to the kids on the smart board. And then they would see the detail. Back in the 2000s, I would use Mindy to promote the littles, which I've totally weeded now. I'd also mention the borrowers, and kids don't know about that either. You're right. I can't think of a modern book about little people in the walls. There is another mini-Jewish character, Katantan, who is like a Jewish Tom Thumb. I remember my teachers reading me Katantan stories in the 80s, but he is also out of print. There are a lot of mice in the walls who have a whole world, but not people. Happy Hanukkah. That's cool, though. I love that she is bringing up not just the littles, which, two thumbs up, that was a 1980s adapted uh, animated series from the books that I remember very well. It was The Poor Person's Borrowers. And I've never heard of Katahdin, so that's amazing. Our second letter comes from Katie, who writes, uh, Hi, Betsy and Kate. Hello. I'm sending a picture that I took for you back in July, but it seemed appropriate to send it now. These are neighbors of mine who keep their cousin up of Hank year-round and decorate him for all appropriate holidays. He has a Santa hat right now. I'm so sorry to hear that your neighbor, Kate, is so offended by Hank. Then she lists some books for us to consider. And then she says, I'm so slow in writing you that it was years ago that I listened to your podcast on It Could Always Be Worse. It reminded me of the cassette tape my father recorded for my sister and I of him reading that aloud, Aww. along with three other books, A Kindle of Kittens by Rumor Godden, still lovely, and A Picnic Hurrah by Franz Brandenburg and Aliki, which is hard to find. Thank you so much to both of you for the podcast, which is a joy. Aww. Still so sad that I didn't get to meet you both in 2020. Happy holidays to you and yours. That was a really and nice here letter. is here is the picture of her neighbors uh, with the I think it's for Pride Month that was their uh, Hank. Uh, yeah, they got the. A, uh, there's yeah. like an uh, something you can buy on Etsy, which is of a heart that you can put inside of his chest. Oh, I, I I have opted <laughs> out of that, but I did just dress Hank up for Christmas today. You did. You have a new Hank costume on him. Yes. He's he's got the Santa hat. Last yep. year I knit him a scarf, yep. and this year I made him mittens. That's so nice because you don't want his hands to get cold. Yeah, they are very thin. But that was a very nice letter. Thank you. Yes, thank you, Katie. Very, very sweet. All right, grown up things we like. Okay, mine's kind of weird. Okay, well, go for it. <laughs> it's it's a product which mm. they are not sponsoring us, but that's fine. As we get closer to it being winter and everything dries out. I always get super chapped lips. Yeah, I get chapped hands, actually. Well, if you get super chapped lips, I've been using this stuff, and it's worked like a charm. It's called Laneige Sleep. It's a lip sleeping mask. It's in a little pink box, and what you do is you put it on your lips, and you go to bed. And when you wake up... It's like a mask? Like like an eye mask, but you put it on your lips? Yeah. Okay. Well, it's like, you know, you have to apply it. But then by the time you wake up in the morning, it's all gone and your lips are all like super soft. Oh. And it's great. Okay. So it's not like a mask you physically put on your lips. You don't tie it onto your lips. No, it's no, like... no, no, no. It's, okay. It's like a... Like li- a cream. Yeah. It's like a okay. cream that you put on your lips. That's fine. And, That's fine. And it helps a lot. So if you have super chapped lips, do this lip sleeping mask and you'll be... I mean, as long as you don't mind your pillowcase maybe getting a little... Funky. Yeah. There you go. Unless you sleep on your back and then you're fine. I do not. I don't either. (laughs) I don't think I do. All right. Oh, cool. A lip mask then. A lip sleeping mask. A lip sleeping mask. Yeah. Uh, Mine is a podcast I've mentioned before, but this is the best episode I've ever heard of this podcast, so I wanted to bring it up. Uh, There is a podcast that I love very, very much. It's called If Books Could Kill, and they just did 
an episode on the book that just came out, what, two weeks ago? Called The Identity Trap. Now, I'm a research nerd, um, but I'm also a collection development manager. So I love when people do tons of research for a podcast, but I also buy a ton of books from my library and I cannot research every book I buy from my library. I did buy this book for my library based on the reviews. Looking at them now, one review was very, very positive. That's why I bought it. But one was very, very negative. Then I heard this episode. Now, this episode is one hour and 47 minutes long, and it flies by, I have to say. You will not feel that long. Michael J. Hobbs does so much research for this book. They talk about Yasha Monk at length and the amount of reading and thought and research that has been poured into this episode. It's just incredible. And they're funny. If you listen to only one podcast that I recommend over the course of this entire year, I recommend this one. It's on the identity trap. It's for if books could kill. Please listen to it. It is amazing. Okay. Okay. On that note, uh, I guess we'll be doing a New Year's book now. (laughs) Nope, not going to happen, but we'll definitely do a winter book. I have a winter book all lined up. It is good for snow and cold, and we have not, well, we had snow around Halloween, and we haven't had it since, so. Yeah. uh, I mean, on the one hand, I'm flying to Atlanta next week for Christmas, and I don't really want snow to impede my flight. On the other hand... I'm a little sad we're not seen on the ground right now. Well, let's hope for a, a white Christmas. When I'm not here. For for everyone else. For everyone else. <laughs> Hurrah! Happy holidays, Happy folks. Happy holidays. And until we do or do not receive that snow, I've been Betsy. I'm Kate. Bye. Fuse 8 and Kate is a Fuse number 8 production. You can reach us at FuseKate8 at gmail.com. You can follow our podcast on Twitter at Fuse underscore Kate. You can follow us on Instagram, Threads, and Blue Sky at Fuse8Kate. That's Fuse number 8, Kate. Listen to us on Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, or Player FM. Or follow us on iTunes and rate our podcast if you're so inclined. Our music is by Haddon Kime, and our bestest gift of the holiday season is Drew Atienza. Fuse8 and Kate is a creation of Kate Atienza and Betsy Bird. <laughs>